It's always cloudy in Cleveland. Brought to you in part by Rusco Sports Twitter. We have all the hit news about Cleveland sports. Uh... Ladies and gentlemen, it is September 17th, a Monday in Cleveland, Ohio. We got the boys today, E-Breezy, Drinking Ed, coming on the show as a featured host today. We got Matty Ice going on vacation, so he's going to sit this one out. Gentlemen, a lot going on in Cleveland sports right now. We had to get on the pod a little bit earlier this week, coming off of that close game with the Browns yesterday. Josh Gordon out the door. In Zane, in the membrane, out the door. Uh, The Buccos had a great game beating down uh, TCU. Some good things going around with the Indians, uh, so we definitely had to get back in. Um, But let's start off with the Indians. They clinched the AL Central for the third year in a row. Pretty exciting the thing with me is 83 and 66 doesn't look bad on paper, right? That's a pretty pretty good record. However, the Giants of the AL are just blowing it out of the water with these wins. And uh, right now in the standings, we don't look too sexy. But let me get your thoughts on that. Still pretty exciting that we clinched the third one in a row. It looks like Tito's really building a dynasty here. What do you guys think? Your ultimate goal is to reach the postseason, is it not? I mean – who cares? Who gives a rat's ass what your record is? It only matters when the new season starts in October. And this is something that I've tried to tell all of my friends that are complaining that we're not a 100-win team. or anything. You know, we, we almost ended last year on a 22-game winning streak, right? What did we do? We got bounced in the first round. Like, what, what, what does it matter? To, to me, your biggest goal right now is to get healthy uh, Trevor Bauer on the way back here from rehab. They're talking about potentially putting him in the bullpen. I don't really know what I think about that yet. Uh, obviously, you want to get him you know, healthy and making sure he's confident first. But, I mean, from top to bottom, the talent on this team is better than any of those three years you just mentioned. So, I, to me, you have such a good top five in your lineup. And then the back end, if you're ending you know, with guys like Jan Gomes and, uh, in, in, you know, like, your top is featuring Edwin and Josh Donaldson, obviously Frankie, Jose, Michael Brantley. You're, you've got a chance as much as anybody else. Drinking, I think you bring up a valid point. Um, you know, looking at the last three seasons, and the one thing I want to first get at is comparing, you know, people who claim they're baseball fans and then people who really understand the game because you got the people who call in on sports radio all the time, bitching about records, bitching about a player who maybe might be in a short-term slump. Stats, so, cough, cough, Matty Ice. Right. So, <laughs> Stat guy, big stat guy. But uh, what I'm saying is, to your point, the regular season is re- irrelevant. This roster is so complete. I, I think you arguably have a top five rotation, bullpen, and lineup across the board. And – as long as this team's healthy, I don't care what the record is. To your point, we just won the division. It's such an exciting time. You just got to pray we're healthy. And if you go healthy into the postseason with this team, I don't care if we're facing Boston, Oakland, Houston, Yankees, whoever we take, I'm betting on this this rotation. And I really hope that, you know, even if they put Bauer in the bullpen for the rest of the season to get it down, um, I think he'll be ready for the playoffs as long as he gets a start in or two. Uh, but that's dangerous. I mean, Kluber, Carrasco, Clevenger has the best ERA in the AL since the All-Star break. Aiming for 200 innings, by the way. 
Yes, and he's. I I don't think he um, eclipsed the 200 strikeout mark uh, on his last start, but he's like right around 195, 200 range. I mean, this guy's looking like a beast. You literally have a four-headed monster with your starting rotation. Beautiful. To your point, the lineup. At any point in the game, in a clutch situation, you mentioned five batters who I would be happy to put at the plate, whether it be Lindor, Ramirez, Brantley, Josh Allison, or Edwin all game-changing players, and then I truly do believe that's a second half of our lineup compared to the other second half of the lineup stacking up against other AL contenders. I mean, when you got Yonder Alonso, Melky Cabrera, Kipnis, and Gomes all as your back-of-the-lineup hitters, again, those are guys who have veteran experience, have been to the playoffs before, all who have been an all-star before. I mean, this team can get pretty dangerous. And, again, hoping that your healthy team, Andrew Miller healthy, Brad Hand and Cody Allen, boys, the playoffs can't come soon enough. Let's get it going. Breezy? Well, the fact that we clinch so early gives us the ability to rust guys when they need to do it. We can use these last few weeks as an audition to see who's going to play center field. Experiment around with some Exactly. Spring training for the playoffs. And that's the luxury none of these other teams in the AL or even the NL, which is just a clusterfuck right now, can even have. And I think it's good for the players' morale, too, is like, hey, we locked up the division. We have a few more weeks of the playoffs. Let's just relax. You know, I think everyone's going to be in a really good frame of mind come the playoffs. I think these guys are going to have a lot of fun these last couple weeks of the regular season. I think you're going to see the guys in the dugouts joking around, you know, messing around with each other. I think it's going to be a really fun time, not only for the players, but for the fans as well. And think about it. Frankie Lindor and Jose Ramirez, they're not young guys anymore. This isn't their second time going to the playoffs. Like, this is not their first rodeo. They're, they know what it takes. They know they got to step up. And the Indians are going to go as far as they take them. I agree with that. Yeah, I think to your point, you do need one of those. I mean, it's nice that you do have a pool of players who have been there before and solid players. But just like with Houston last year, it just took one guy to really put the team on his back. And Altuve, the team went as far as he took them, and he balled out. If Frankie Lindor can take that next steps in the postseason and really lock himself down as, hey, I'm one of the best in this game. You know, screw Bryce Harper, screw Mike Trout. This is a Frankie Lindor league. He can establish himself in this playoffs, be consistent, and I think, like I said, I think all their teams should be watching out for the Tribe. Don't let the record fool you. And I believe firmly that last year's experience, the way that the Tribe got bounced so early, no one was expecting it. I think that is going to put a chip on the shoulder of Frankie Landor. I think it's going to put a chip on the shoulder of Jose Ramirez. The way that they performed, it was not good in that first round of the playoffs. I think that's in the back of their mind, and they know that they kind of have to redeem themselves for that. You know who else I think is playing with a big chip on their shoulder? Corey Kluber. Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson. You know, this is this is going to be big for him. He hasn't played in two months, and yeah. now he's going to the postseason on a contract year. This could be make or break for him. A lot of a lot of show them, prove them type of guys that we have in this lineup, uh, and, and I think it's going to serve very well for them. Yeah, I think all these guys are competitors, and I was watching them celebrate in the locker room, and they uh, interviewed Kipnis, and the one thing said is they realize they have something special at their hands. Not every team gets a second chance to do what they're doing. Yes, they brought in some nice players, you know, Yonder in the offseason, bringing in Brad Hand, Josh Donaldson. You're bringing in some new guys. But at the end of the year, they know they might lose Cody Allen. They're probably going to lose Andrew Miller. Michael Brantley, can they maybe bring him back? I don't know. But there's definitely some guys who might not be in this roster. 
and they understand this might be their last chance as a team to accomplish something special, and I think they all recognize that. But even outside of that fact, these guys who are free agents, the last image of other teams is going to be them in the playoffs. So if they want to get rack those checks in, especially for guys who have been suspect like Cody Allen, guys who can't be healthy like Andrew Miller, these guys are going to want to pitch lights out in the playoffs to prove, hey, I could still ball out and I need a big contract. Hey, throw the regular season out the window. Playoff baseball is right around the corner. And again, Donaldson, guy in a contract here as well. So, I mean, it goes for both sides, both the offense and, and pitching. Uh, it's huge. It's huge. Um, like you said, last thing that these teams see is in the postseason. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun to see what the Tribe can do. I'm very excited for October baseball. You just know that feeling in the air. That first crack of the bat, that first home run, and you just hear the crowd reaction at, at Progressive Field. It's just going to be amazing. Preach, drinking, preach. All I got to say is, it's tribe time now, and Indians fever, baby. I got it, and I hope it's contagious. Um, again, I hope the fans go out and support these teams last couple weeks, but it's going to be something exciting come this fall watching the boys of summer as we try to make our mark to return and this time win the World Series. You heard it here first on It's Always Cloudy in Cleveland. Before we dive too much into our hometown Browns, Let's take a look across the NFL. There's a lot of storylines going on right now. I think there's also a lot of surprises. So I want to do a quick buy or sell segment with you guys and just talk about some of the players that are doing pretty well. Some of the teams, a lot of the undefeated teams right now are a lot of teams that I thought were going to be worse than the Browns. Um, So let's first talk about Patrick Mahomes. I think this is an interesting situation because we have a rookie in Baker Mayfield who's right now kind of sitting – doing the whole what John Dorsey kind of had the plan for Pat Mahomes behind Alex Smith. He's kind of doing that same thing with Baker right now. Some people like it, some people don't. It depends what day of the week it is because I never make up my mind if I want him to play or not. Um, but looking at what this kid's doing after sitting for a year and then coming out record for 10 touchdowns in you know first two games to start off the season, this kid looks electric. What are you guys' thoughts? Are you buying or selling? Do you think it's sustainable? Breezy? Well, first things first. I'm pretty sure today was his 23rd birthday. Just a kid. He talks so funny, too. Like, I don't know if you heard him talk. If no one's heard him talk, look this dude up on YouTube. It's the funniest thing. He sounds so young, and he's one of those guys you just want to punch in the face when you hear him talk. And he looks kind of ugly, too. No homo. But whatever. Buy or sell. Do you think he can sustain it? Breezy, what are your thoughts on the guy? Well, It's kind of soon to really say what he's going to be as a quarterback, but for right now, I'm buying him because the weapons around him, he's got elite talent surrounding him. He's got a running back that's – he can run, catch, block. He can do it all. You know, Kareem Hunt, local Cleveland guy, shout out one time for the one time. And he's also got another Cleveland guy in Travis Kelsey who's, in my opinion, can arguably be the best tight end in the league, depending if Gronk's healthy or not. And then, I mean, he just has so many weapons to your point, but these guys are fast. This guy had one of the – in combined history through the hardest uh, football strike. It was like 60-some miles per hour, which is like a tying record. He throws it so hard, but his his playmakers are some of the fastest guys in the NFL. He has Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. I mean, he is set up for success. And, oh, by the way, who's the one who's controlling it all? The genius in Andy Reid. I mean, this dude – I think we've all seen the movie before where, you know, beginning of the season, rookie balls out. We saw it with Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson. There's guys out there, so it's hard to, like, 
go all in right now. But to your point, I think it's something to buy into the hype because he's set up for success, and, man, he, he truly looks the part. Well, if you're actually watching these games, like I was flipping back and forth between the Browns game and the Steelers game just to see what was going on, and Kansas City was literally doing what they wanted when they wanted on that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Now, I know that Steelers defense might be a little down from – the typical Steelers defense we've come to see beat our ass, but I don't know. I still think it's pretty impressive with a new rookie. Well, he's not a rookie. He's essentially a rookie because it's his first time taking the field. Right. But the way he's just marching down the field and having his way with opposing defenses is just unreal to me. It comes down to confidence for me personally, um, and you just kind of see it just exudes from him. He comes from a family that was involved in sports. I believe his dad played baseball, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he has that sheer power. Uh, his strikes are very, very crisp. Uh, just watching some of his throws at the bar yesterday. I mean, it it was just fantastic. Um, he's got the ability to improvise when the pocket does collapse. Um, he's got a long ball throw. That's awesome. Uh, he can do those little, you know, tight strikes, uh, check down if he needs to throw a little, he got touch on the screens that he had a couple to Kareem hunt. Uh, I do. I like him a lot. Uh, and, and as you said, he did play a Pittsburgh defense that's been a mess uh, in the first two weeks that we've seen. But the first week, even though it's without Joey Bosa, he did take on the Chargers, who are a, an excellent defense, who have great corners, uh, and put up 38 on them. Uh, and like you said, when everybody compliments each other, I think that's the thing that gets lost with these teams is it's not always about one player. It's about how other players help other players and how attention gets drawn away from each other. And I know Breeze is going to touch on upon it uh, later, but you know, you've got Kareem Hunt in the backfield. So the, the threat of the runs always there. You have Sammy Watkins. There's your down downfield threat. You have Travis Kelsey going over the middle, plenty of weapons, a good offensive line. It, Chiefs are set up for great success already. I'm buying. All right. Another player, same position, a little bit older on the spectrum. <laughs> Ryan fits magic. Oh, whoa, whoa, it's magic. You know. It's not expecting that. All right, so Ryan Fitzmagic, uh, I've always been a fan of him. And even on Hard Knocks uh, the other year, I mean, this dude's just a class act. You're always rooting for him. Real cool guy. I've, I've Honestly, he's been in Browns like discussions in the offseason. Should they bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick? And I've always been like, yes, might as well. Like <laughs> At this point. If you brought yeah. in Josh McCown, you may as well have. Yeah, so I thought he was definitely in line for one of those callings. Um, drinking, what do you think of Fitzmagic? Do you think the magic's going to last? Do you think he's just getting hot these first couple weeks? I mean, looking at who he faced, defending Super Bowl champs, Philadelphia Eagles, New Orleans Saints, who had a highly touted defense going into this, into this year. What are your thoughts on Fitzmagic? Is it going to last? Do you see Jameis reclaiming his crown? All right, I'll answer two things. First, Jameis is not going to reclaim his crown on on just pure paper. You're not. They're, they're not going to do that. Dirk Cutter is not going to do that. Mm-hmm. He's going to say, I'm going to ride with the hot hand. And right now my hot hand is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's got, what, eight touchdowns through two weeks so far? Something uh, like that? He has nine. Nine? Okay. Yeah. Nine? So, yeah. Nine? Close. And, of course, it's not like you just beat the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills. Again, he beat the Eagles and the Saints. Yes, a very, very solid start to the season. But I'm going to sell here just because I know what Ryan Fitzpatrick does in the first half of the NFL season. He did it in Buffalo. He did it in New York with the Jets. 
Sometimes it, 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 I don't know what it is that affects him at the you know in the middle of the series. Maybe it's the the grind of a season, taking all those hits. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's taking it down some of his shoulder. Who knows? Um, but but Ryan always seems to slow down just a little bit. Uh, but you know what? Maybe it can last this time around. Who knows? Because uh, you know the more experience you get in the NFL, the the more you know how to handle the everyday grind. And this time around, he does have you know Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson. He's formed a great you know, rapport with already. Um, O.J. Howard. Yeah, O.J. Howard had a 70-something-yard touchdown. Similar to Mahomes, this guy has the weapons around him. Definitely has the weapons around him. Uh, Doesn't quite have the legs that Mahomes has. No. Um, Nor does he have the rushing attack that he has. Um, But I I don't foresee it staying that way. I could see him keeping the job. Eventually, I think he will come back down to earth a little bit. But that, you know, it might not be his worst season. Like, he could just keep going. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be four touchdowns a week, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, d- I just don't see that. So, Junior, what do you think about him, buy or sell? You know, I, I respect that you're selling on him. But to your point, he's it's a different situation now. He's so much more tenured. Granted, he's a little bit older. But some of these older quarterbacks age like fine wine. I mean, you got Phillip Rivers. You got Ben Roethlisberger when healthy, he looks good. Obviously, Tom. Because I'm sure when you hear all three of those quarterbacks, the next quarterback you think of is naturally Ryan Fitzmagic. No, I, I, I'm just saying the guy's been in the league for 14 years, and there's a reason to it. The guy can play the game. He's very smart, and I just think you know his time in Buffalo, his time in New York. He's learned things, and he's learned how to be in the NFL at this age and learn from some of those mistakes and some of those, um, you know, situations he's been in. So. Where I do agree with you where, no, I don't necessarily think he's going to average 400 yards a week and throw f- four TDs. I am buying that. I think that he's going to be a competitive quarterback. I mean, he is, he's always been a gunslinger. The dude throws the ball. And there's no situation where they're going to be rushing the ball. You know, they're going to be a pass-heavy offense. They have the weapons. They don't have the running backs. Um, and he's already pr- proved versus two tough teams, two pretty good defenses, that he could still do it. And I, I think, you know, week by week, I think he's going to, you know, l- look at these matchups, pick these defenses. And, I mean, he's the guy who you want to be starting the film and to coach up this offense. And I, I am buying that I think, you know, I think Jameis, unfortunately, to your point, I think he's going to have to take the back seat unless he does fall into the Fitzpatrick of the past where he just can't sustain it. But I think this is the point in his career, believe it or not, at this age where he takes the step to really – be elite enough I'm definitely gonna buy on fist magic and because junior you alluded to it he has been in the NFL for 14 years and he's a pro he's a professional through and throughout and the reason he's gonna stay the quarterback of this team is because look who his competition is Jameis Winston this guy is not proven to anybody that he's mature enough or capable to run an NFL franchise it's a one issue after another First, you're stealing crab legs in college. Then you're trying to play grab ass with the Uber driver. Yeah. <laughs> and don't and don't tell me that the head coach of Tampa Bay isn't you know loving this right now. You know he has a proven quarterback, a, essentially an extension of the coaching staff to the team, and you know he's loving that he's balling out right now. And I wouldn't even be surprised if he on a side conversation said, "Listen, man, this is your job to keep. I want you to force you know Jameis." to prove that he's, you know, can come back to the field, but don't give him the option to. 
I mean, if you're going to keep putting up these numbers and being able to pick apart these defenses, this is nothing but good for our team as we move forward. Well, he's just playing for his job at this point. And when you're when your paycheck's on the line, you're going to have no choice but to ball out to provide for you and your family. Just Looking to recap, so drinking Ed's selling, Junior's buying, Breezy's buying. Facts only. I feel like it's like junior high are you packing or buying or you know you're on <laughs> speaking of which were you guys packers or buyers growing up oh, i was a buyer yeah i was a buyer i, I don't i don't make crazy was a packer no dude, i would pack and i would buy dude gotta bulk up yeah i was like the kid who was like too scared to buy growing up because like i didn't know how to go through the lunch line or like what to pick and like so probably not until like sixth grade and then i started buying and then i never like turned back like i felt like in junior high or like high school if you packed you were a nerd High school pizza. It's hit or miss, my man. No, pizza what? pockets, spaghetti day, twin pole. Hey, hear me out on this one. Oh, we, we're going to have to do a whole segment on this. I'm just thinking of all the great. Just give us a couple. School, just give us a couple. Chicken patty. Bro, that is the most generic. Op- That's like the everyday option. But Bosco think about sticks. it. Do you know the everyday line? You, you could either think get about pizza, it. a cheeseburger, or a chicken patty every day. Yeah, but how many times did you go pick up that chicken patty? Shit was bomb. Probably, probably. Once or twice every two weeks. Drinking that, do you want to throw a couple lunch favorites at us while we're on the topic? Bosco sticks. White pizza. Excuse me? What the heck is a Bosco stick? It's a stuffed breadstick. They served two of them to you, and you had meat sauce on the side. They are legitimately called Bosco sticks. Drinking loves the meat sauce. What we called those at school were cheese-filled breadsticks (laughs) with marinara. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Or cheesy bread. All right, sticking with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, another guy of age, Deshaun Jackson, D-Jax. First two games of the year, 100-plus yards. I think he has three total tutties. And honestly, I thought last year he was going to put up these type of numbers like early on in the season. And you know what I think it is? I think it's the guy throwing him the ball. Jameis has failed to been able to throw to a deep threat like D-Jax. And I mean, look at Mike Evans' numbers. That's your that's your yeah, proof right there. Yeah, and, and well, Mike Evans has been playing just as well next to him. Like the whole mm-hmm. off, obviously. I mean, when you have back to back four hundred plus oh, yeah. yard games, somebody's got to catch those passes. Djax is one of them. Breezy, are you buying or selling on this guy? This is actually a really tough one because he, he looks like a whole new player with Fitz Magic. But honestly, I think I'm gonna have to sell on this one. I just don't think he, he could sustain this production throughout the season. I mean, it's a deep threat. I mean, how many times do you see the same guy catch all these deep bombs? Eventually, the defense is going to have to pay attention to him, and they're going to have to take that away from them. Well, the good thing is for them, if Deshaun Jackson is taking away the attention from them on the sidelines, they got guys like Chris Godwin on the inside. They got guys like Mike Evans. Obviously, you can go up and get a ball. Um, I don't know if they still have Cameron Brait, but O.J. Howard's the other threat they have there. So, I mean, they have a nice little little receiving core there. Well, I'm not saying it's going to hurt the team if they pay more attention to Deshaun Jackson, but... In for the, his overall performance. But for his overall, yes. Okay. yes. okay, I got gotcha. you. I'm going to sell on D-Jax because I think a player like him, well, first of all, I have him on my fantasy team in my uh, league, which is more priority to me, and I benched him both weeks, even after his big week, just because I'm not buying. Um, just as we think Fitz is going to come back to the human level, um, I think DJ. DJX is going to be a direct correlation to that because I think defenses are going to take the long ball out of his game and try to eliminate that. So 
I do think he's going to have a better season than he did last year with Fitzpatrick throwing him the ball versus Jameis, but I don't think he's going to be able to sustain these type of numbers. I could see him finishing the year with maybe 850 yards-ish. One thing he always will flourish at, though, is playing on special teams and returning punts. Yeah. So he'll always be good at that. And, and the one thing when you are looking at stats, like you, if you're putting up a lot of yards, you want to see seven, you know, six to eight receptions. Mm-hmm. Dude had a hundred plus yards three, on four, three, four receptions. Three catches, yeah. That's it's not so that's funny. not sustainable. I mean, you're not gonna catch. Like, you're like, not gonna catch sixty yard bombs every week. It's, it's like Monday night happen. football. Tavon Austin, two receptions, seventy nine yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, no one's picking him up on waiver no. wires. No, exactly. But, all right, so Djax, Junior selling, Breezy selling, and drinking Ed just had a beer. He's buying. All right, sticking with the receivers, Juju on Abby. Juju on Evie. Juju Smith-Schuster. Dude, balled out in shitty weather in Cleveland. 100-plus yards. Uh, there was a shootout versus the Chiefs. Not like an actual shootout, but like, you know, like high-scoring game. Uh, <laughs> dude had like 11 receptions, 100-plus yards. Seems like he's in on every play. And Antonio Brown actually tweeted he was getting into a heated tweet fight with the fan. And the fan was like calling him out saying his success is – based off Roethlisberger and the systems he's put in, and Antonio Brown said, trade me. I think this dude is thinking, like, Juju is, like, getting all the targets. Like, I don't know if there's enough for, like, I think he's getting a little bit jealous, but I think it's because Juju is balling out, and I am buying on this dude. I wanted the Browns to to draft him so badly. So did I. And this this kid is fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Well, First and foremost, it actually wasn't a fan that was calling on Antonio Brown. And I think yeah. Drinkin wants to touch no, up on this. No, I know who it was. It was a former PR staffer right, of the Pittsburgh right. Steelers from 2010 to yeah. 2017, according to his Twitter account. Uh, that's not good, especially if Antonio's replying to him specifically. I feel like that's not a good thing. Weekly Zach Morris timeout. How happy are we all that Pittsburgh is just so toxic oh, right now? Oh, it's great. I could talk Isn't about it this just all great? day. Like, it's great. <laughs> granted, the Browns aren't doing the best to keep our names out of the national media with some of these moves we're doing right now. Right. But it's nice when Pittsburgh's right up there with you with this mess going on. Oh, it's great. Well, that kind of brings me to my point. This is why I'm going to sell on Juju Smith-Schuster. There's so much turmoil going on in Pittsburgh. And I, ever since I can remember, I do not think Pittsburgh has ever had to deal with something like this. And I don't know how they're going to respond. Also, Big Ben is getting up there in age. You know, he's getting beat up like he always has been. He, he takes any more shots than. So you're telling me that Pittsburgh's never looked adversity in the dick hole. <laughs> Zero adversity in the dick <laughs> hole for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But back to what I was saying, Big Ben ain't the same, and I just don't think Juju's going to be able to put up these numbers. He might have a solid year, but. I don't think he's. I think Antonio Brown is going to take over and be that big impact player. Obviously, he always will be. But that doesn't mean that they can't equally have like thousand yard receiving year. Because I mean, Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball sixty times this past weekend. He's the quarterback 60. to have. He's the quarterback to 452 have. Four hundred and fifty two yards. Multiple receivers with right and three tutties. Both receivers can equally be not just as good, but. They were they're gonna get the same amount of volume. So drinking, you're you're gonna buy. Him. Oh, I'm buying. I'm buying. Okay. And by well, the way, the reason I wanted the Browns to take Juju Smith Schuster in that draft was because we had Cody Kessler as one of our draft picks. Right. And he was his favorite target. Gotcha. Fair really enough. <laughs> with that, with that said, do you think that 
the tweet that Antonio Brown put out, do you think there's any legs to that? Or do you think it was just kind of in the moment trying to put a fan down? Or do you think he's actually feeling the heat? No. Half and half. I think he's just trying to put that dude in his place, let's be honest. So you're, you're selling. Are you buying or selling? On on the Antonio Brown tweet? Yeah. Do you think there's any legs to him wanting to be I traded? think there's legs to it. I don't think that it's like saying I want out. But I'm saying that obviously there's some sort of way that he feels about this organization right now and the direction it's going. Remember, this weekend, this past weekend before the game, Antonio Brown called Ben Roethlisberger, quote-unquote, interception lizard. Whatever the hell that means, I don't know what it means, but he said it. Like a Leo Pterodon? Look, Charlie, it's a Leo Pterodon. Um, <laughs> I was joking around in our group chat with some of my buddies today because obviously Josh Gordon was on the trading block a little bit earlier. And so they have trouble with Le'Veon, and then AB's like, trade me. I'm like, screw it, dude. Give them Duke Johnson, Josh Gordon, next year's first-round pick for AB and Le'Veon, and let's just swap teams. Yeah, some other, somehow we're going to have to start looking at a verse in the dick hole after that one. T- Todd Haley would love that. He'd be like, oh, okay, right where we left off. Let's just take last year's playbook and get rolling. Screen, 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 uh, screen, 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 screen. I think. I think Todd Haley will love it because he could just hog him on the sideline whenever he wants. He ain't going to be playing no love anymore, if you know what I'm saying, baby. We got the boys back in town. Another screen. Another reverse. Another screen. Another reverse. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the last player I want to talk, and I don't even know if I can say his last name right. I've always just like known who it's he is. It's Kajust. No. <laughs> is it? So San Francisco 49ers running back. I thought Alfred Morris was going to blow out this year, be a comeback type player of the year. Not in regards to winning the reward, but like I know what the dude's done in the past. When he got his touches in Dallas, dude looked like dude, a boss. Don't waste your breath, dude. And Matt, is it Matt Breda? Breda. Yes. Breda. Matt Breda. Breda, these first two weeks, he hasn't gotten too many touches, 11 carries in each game, but he's made the most of all those touches. Right now, not including this Monday night football game, he leads the league in rushing yards. Granted, again, we're only two weeks in, but we're doing a buy-sell segment. Are you guys buying or selling on Matt Breda? I thought that he was going to be the, the running back to own on San Francisco before the season started because a lot of people saw, oh, Alfred Morris, you know, this old this, – this running back that had so much success with the, with the skins and, you know, he was, you know, okay in Dallas uh, a few years back, whatever it was. Um, and he was, you know, like a sexy name. But just like Adrian Peterson over in Washington actually now, ironically, um, they're not bell cow backs anymore. Those guys are playing first down, second down. Um, sometimes they'll sit out series. Uh, like in Washington, Chris Thompson's the guy there right now that, that's blowing up, doing really well. Um, equally in San Francisco, Matt Breda, because Breda can, can catch out of the backfield, and he's playing some more series and seeing more of the field itself, uh, more snaps, what, what have you. Um, and Breda did a good job last year. Uh, even when Carlos Hyde was hurt, Breda stepped up and, and started in, in multiple games and did a good job. So uh, I'm buying on Matt Breda. I'm selling hard on Matt Breda. I just don't think he's got it in him. I mean, sure, he put up some great numbers this past week versus the Detroit defense, who's probably looked one of the worst defenses in the league. And when he went against who they play, the Vikings the first week? I believe it was the Vikings. And he just – he didn't really do much. I mean, yeah, he had an okay game. He had but like I 11 just, rushes, 40 yards, and a tutty. Yeah, I, I mean, like, that's cool, but, like... Scoring at all on the Minnesota defense is yeah. uh, I mean, impressive, I mean, by the way. Scoring's a big deal, but I just don't think the production's going to be there. I don't think there's enough carries to go around. I mm-hmm. think he's going to split time with Morris, and I just... 
I'm selling big time on that one. I think he's going to – I don't know enough about the guy. I'm being truthful, so I'm going to keep it short. I think he's doing enough to separate himself from Morris. I think he's going to be the player to have if you were in a fantasy situation over Morris moving forward. Um, but I just don't know enough about the guy. I th- I mean, you can't really know too Fair. much about the guy. And by the way, he did not score a touchdown in week one. That was uh, erroneous. He had 11 carries for 46 yards. A lot. And then – Two receptions for one yard, if that makes any sense. Oh, wow. Fair. Yeah. All right. Enough with the players by ourselves. Let's talk about some of these shitty teams who are undefeated. Again, only week two. I mean, obviously the Browns can easily be 2-0 right now if we had a fucking kicker. Um, but let's Nice just, job, you fucking kicker. <laughs> let's I was just waiting keep on it real one. quick. I was waiting on it. Real quick, I'm going to say a team name by ourselves. Miami Dolphins. We'll go in, uh, in order here. Drinking head. Uh, I feel like I've bought on everybody, and I'm gonna buy again here. Honestly, no. I, I like don't I do like that to I yourself. like Ryan Tannehill. I Shit like Ryan no Tannehill. So no one I, ever. He's drunk, dude. I, Drinking Ed is drunk, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan Bounce Tannehill. Plug the mic. Essentially, to me, is Alex Smith. Uh, but it, honestly, it, it, but you know what? The Dolphins' defense is good enough up front. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, Kenyon Drake's, you know, and uh, whoever their backup is, I can't even remember his name. Uh, they Frank Gore. Nice, well, yes, Frank Gore. They have a nice little tandem there. Um, the the wideout situation obviously is less than desirable, but I don't know something about Ryan Tannehill. He just wins. I don't know when he's playing and he's healthy, he wins. I, what's, the defini- what's the What's the definition Tannehill of wins? Does, does not just win. That's he's just a, a little bit above five hundred in his career. That, hey, where's hey, that, stack guy? Stack guy. Where's Matty Ice when you need him, dude? Where he, is he? He's gone. He's, he's, he's put on you in place. Okay, Breezy. You selling or buying? Dude, I'm selling We're hard. Selling. Dude, I don't even, we don't even need to talk about it. Hey, listen to what Drinking just said, and not I for think the exact anything, opposite. I agree. I think Miami's just awful. They're in the AFC East. Obviously, they're not going to freaking you know win, but don't okay. try to justify it, dude. You already bought. We're selling. It's okay. All right, going to our division, Cincinnati Bungles two and zero. Let me tell you about this Andy Dalton kid, man. Texas Christian University with this red ear just fucking the balls on fire whenever he throws it. What do you think, guys? Should I match your John Gruden impression real quick? <laughs> no. Um. Go ahead. Or nah. <laughs> or nah. Uh, I, I can't really buy on the Bengals because they've literally been the same team for the past 10 years. So I, I'm going to sell just because I know they're going to be 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 nine and seven or 7-9. Seven and nine. That's, that's yeah. what they are every year. Uh, if they do make the playoffs, they'll be bounced in the first round. This is the Marvin Lewis. You know, this is exactly how it goes. Same he has team. tenure with Cincinnati because he's a proven mediocre coach. He's not doing anything different. That it's the does same Marvin the Lewis same show. thing yeah. over and over again. And sure, I mean, they're going to have big nights, big offensive nights because right. they have the talent. Right. You have Joe Mixon. You got Andy Dalton. You got A.J. Green. That's big. That's big. Um, but it, it's not – it's not elite. Yeah. It's a plug-and-play team. I mean, it doesn't exactly. matter who you have. It's the Marvin Lewis show. To your point, you named there's some nice things on there. But if they started the season 0-2, 2-0, we're all going to still say, yeah, they'll probably be 8-8, 9-7, 7-9. Same same toilet, different day. Even if they win the division, I'm, I'm too. selling hard, too. Even if they win the division. I don't. This might surprise you guys, but I'm actually buying on the Bengals. And here's why. Falling into the trap. You think it's a trap, but you look at our division – Pittsburgh isn't the team that we thought they were going into the year. I think that Cincinnati can steal a game or two from them easily. I see what Joe Mixon's doing when he's healthy. I know he's got a little knock going on right now, but when he's healthy, that guy can put up numbers. He's a three-down back, and he's, 
He's really impressed me thus far this season. He is a bell cow. He can and he can catch passes out of the backfield, which is, I mean, a, a huge thing in the, yeah. today's NFL. And their defense is actually looking a lot better than I thought going into this season. I mean, they still have the same guys. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you but, know, you got like Geno in the middle. You got Dunlap out there on defensive end. You got uh, right. You I know, mean, like, they they so got good, some players. Yeah, but I don't know. Just if you would ask me this question two weeks ago, I would have sold hard. But after actually kind of watching them, seeing some highlights, looking into some stats, Matty Ice style, I just – I really think that – you know, I'm calling it right now. I think that Bengals are going to win the division. I, can, I mean, I right can see now. them winning the division, but I'm still selling on them. I mean, how can how <laughs> you, can can you sell, sell on a team they, that's winning a division? That's though? not you a can. hot take. You can. What? When you got the Steelers who are in this much disarray and they're starting the season no, I'm not saying it's a hot take. And you're in the same division as the Browns. Anything's possible. But that being said, I th- I think the Browns are going to beat them. Fair. Once or twice? Once. Splitty? I would have said twice at the beginning of the year, but I think we're going to split home and home. I think away and away. I think we win once with Terod and once as Baker as our quarterback. How funny would that be? Ooh. I, I'm just kidding. I don't think that, but I just wanted to say it because I thought it was funny. <laughs> okay, next team. The Denver Broncos. Case Keenum led two rookie running backs, Royce Freeman, fantasy hot guy, Lindsey, drinking your point at me. What do you got to say, buddy? I watched that entire what game. You got to say, buddy boy. I watched that entire game front to back yesterday. That was the only game I really got to watch front to back besides the dreadful Sunday night game that featured, once again, NFC East teams that are terrible. Uh, but that's for another day. On to your point about the, uh, the Broncos here. Uh, I like them. I like them just because I, you know what your defense is going to get every time. They've got they still got a solid secondary. Any team with Von Miller and then you have Bradley Chubb in there as well. That's a nasty, nasty front seven. Uh, the offense, while it might not seem desirable, they have not had a quarterback in the last two years. It's been Trevor Simeon for two years. He's so Case bad. Keenum took the Vikings along with that defense. I'm not going to say it was only Case Keenum, but he was good enough to take the Vikings to where they got last year in the postseason. Hey, quick question for you. NFC Championship game. Right. But, yeah, but quick question for you. Does Denver have a defense? Yes. yes. So are we saying potential championship game again led by Case Keenum? You could. You could. You never know, especially when you when you go into Denver and Mile High and you have all, you know, the, the altitude and everything. Uh, but, I mean, the weapons he has, they're not quite as good as Stephon Diggs and, and, and Adam Thielen. Those two receivers are, are still just awesome. Uh, but, I mean, Emmanuel not, Sanders is proven. Demarius, Demarius Thomas. Thomas is a proven winner. He dropped, like, three balls yesterday. That sucked. But Sutton's looking like he could be something decent. Exactly, exactly. Cortland Sutton out of SMU, one of the guys I wanted the Browns to yeah, take. Yeah, one of the Browns to him, too. It's pronounced Smoo. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, this uh, Philip Lindsay kid, he had two what two hundred yard rushing games already uh, in the first two weeks, and yeah, then he you have good. He's you good. have Royce Freeman, and then you have uh, Devontae Booker, who was their starter the past couple years as your third back. Hey, drinking. Who's Still their long nice. snapper? You seem pretty knowledgeable about this team. Ryan Pontrebon. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. No. But you know obviously, what? I'm buying. You know what? Fuck it. I'm buying too. Drinking just convinced me. I'm buying for everything you just said because I'm in agreement with you. I think the defense is still the Denver Broncos, and they just added Bradley Chubb, who I want really bad, even though I'm so high on Ward. Love the kid right now. Such a happy story to follow. Um, but I'm buying too, so yeah. not, not much more to add to that. Yeah, I'm a big Bradley Roby, Chris Harris Jr. guy. You know, I mean, I, I like those guys. I, I do. I love the Broncos. Yeah, you just named 
probably thirty of their fifty-three man. So roster. on our eighth, on our eighth player slash team, this was the first one we all agreed on and buying, or just in general agreeing. Well, there you go. It's a beautiful it's thing. It's a beautiful really thing. Is. Embrace the you debate. Love to see it. You really do. You love to see it when the always cloudy and clear guys just are on the same page. You know what I mean? You know what? I, I'm no. There's not a lot of negativity going on today. I wonder why that's the case. Probably because we don't have a stack guy here. <laughs> Next team, last last one of the segment. We're going to come back, and we kind of already touched on this team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Fitzmagic, D-Jacks, the yeah, team. They got the cool. offensive weapons. Uh, they still got some studs on defense. Uh, are we buying or selling, boys? I'm going to sell on the Bucks in general. I just don't think it's sustainable. I don't. Um, and, and I think when Jameis comes back, something I, – I, I mean, obviously he's going to have to earn his job back, but if he does earn his job back, does that mean he's going to come back and still – it's Jameis. It's gonna take in, like hey, but, they're gonna have to get re- it's gonna take to the it's offense. gonna take one Ryan's Fitzpatrick like mediocre to shitty game where the controversy starts and then it gets getting a little toxic. The one we're also used to here in Cleveland, right? Yes. But with that being said, I'm buying. But with that being said, you strong though. But yeah, you know, as much as I want to buy and want to talk myself into it, I gotta sell. That division's just too tough. It just. I don't not see a way that they can. You've got keep the this Saints, up. the Falcons, and the Panthers. You're it's, not. It's you're not tough. doing anything. They already beat the Saints, and they already beat the Super Bowl champs of last year, and the Eagles. Therefore, I'm buying. Fair. Fair. All right. Sticking with the around the NFL segment. Funny little story happened with the Buffalo Bills Mafia. So they start their game. Mafia. Three six Mafia. So they start the game playing the La Chargers, <laughs> and they go into halftime, and Buffalo is just awful this year. People are saying one of the worst teams of all time. <laughs> and veteran quarterback Vontae Davis decides not to return for the second half because he decided to retire. What in the heck is going on in Buffalo? Picks up and leaves. Doesn't even tell his teammates. Takes his shirt, takes his, his bag, and just goes. What has this, has this ever happened in sports? No, like that you that you literally leave in the middle of the game. It, it, it might have happened somewhere else, but but not in the NFL. I know for a fact not in the NFL. When I when I first someone shared this with me, I was just like, "There's no way there's legs to this." Like I'm like, "This is the funniest thing I've ever seen." And, and this sounds like an NBA type of thing. I was just so happy. I was just so happy it wasn't the Browns. I'm like, "Thank God!" <laughs> like, thank God it wasn't like you know Randall just like yeah. Guys and they were counting done. on him. Wasn't he one of their top corners? Like, yeah. I I just want to know. What was going through his mind? At what point did he decide, you know, I'm getting too old for this shit? Lethal weapon stuff. I don't, I don't even – I think that was his excuse. <laughs> but I think the I think the realisticness was the Bills are just being made fun of so much that this dude was just like, Dad, I can't I can't be a part of this. I'm done. He, he probably got so pissed Let, off and just threw, like – he was probably being immature about the situation <laughs> and dude just threw up a deuce and walked out. Now he has to live with his actions and he's trying to justify them by – not meant, you know, mentally, you know, I just, you know, I know I shouldn't have been there. Let, and, you know, my honest. age is catching up. To, that's all bullshit. Let's be honest. He walked it. He saw week one that they named the quarterback Nathan Peterman. He's like, hell no, that ain't my quarterback. You know who isn't either? Josh Allen. Just kidding. But uh, but but I, I will say this. <laughs> he could have gone about it so much better. But I mean, this was legendary. Just wait till the end of the game. That's the understatement of the year. This was legendary, just, though. I mean, the, the the thing to do is wait till after the game. Hey, guys, you know, after playing, I'm just not myself anymore. It's a decision for me that's best for me to retire. 
just don't do it at halftime. I mean, that's just tell one the for coach, the tell yeah, somebody. Awesome. And and that's what fired up old players. I saw on Twitter oh. and on TV, they were freaking livid about it. That's the ultimate f you to like the NFL way. I, I, I'm just surprised this what like this is literally a story taken out of the. Cleveland Browns book. It and is. I, I'm, I'm just so happy Buffalo found the book and ripped the page out because literally that was going to happen to us at some point. So thank you, Fonte Davis. Agreed. All right, gentlemen, we've put it off for long enough, but it's about that time where we embrace the O, one, and one, Cleveland Clowns. Let's start off with the Saints game. Okay, so um, where do you want me to start? I want to start out with, let's just split it up to, let's talk about the Positives defense. Positives and negatives? Yeah. Let's go we'll defense right okay. off the bat. Let's, yeah, let's go defense. Beautiful. If you want to talk, yeah. go ahead. Um, Give the floor. Watching that defense put a nice little smile on my face that whole game. They literally controlled Drew Brees, who is an all-time great quarterback, in my opinion, and probably in most people's opinions. I think he's going to go down as top three best quarterback. I th- he's oh, 100%. unreal. Dude's just a winner, and he's... He's got what it takes. Big quarterback. Big quarterback. Uh, Alvin Kamara didn't do a damn thing in that game either. Oh, he was – that guy's special for, for too. What, like, for what he's capable of, he didn't do a damn thing. Him. And we didn't even have uh, arguably one of our best linebackers. In Christian Kirk, Kirksey in, yeah. in, in coverage. Right. Who, who, who probably would have been on him. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't know. I just our, – our defensive front looked good. Even without having Ogba in the game. Christmas next, something. Next Avery man up. Real well. I mean, you had some guys making some plays. I think the secondary, which has been pretty shitty these last couple of years, those guys are making tackles. Like Denzel Ward finished the game with five or six tackles. Like, yep. He might be one of the best tacklers I've ever seen in a Browns uniform. I think you're seeing Demarius Randall step in to what Jabril Peppers was supposed to do last year and is absolutely killing what he's doing at the free safety, by the way. Um, I, I know on defense, they're getting so much push on that line. You just look at how much attention like like he was like uh breezy was telling me earlier miles garrett is it drawing attention now because he is going to be a sack machine so it's going to help the other guys and larry Ogunjobi had what two sacks yes it should have well, been three, three if yeah no, if there was no penalty that which was a bullshit penalty. what was a, a non-existent penalty uh and on that, that play and that's the optimism to take away from this game right in, in years past you don't, you don't take away those things but you take away miles garrett Granted, he didn't have his sack, but he enabled Ogunjobi to have two, almost three sacks. These are things that good teams do. They they provide plays they feed for other off players. of one or the other. They have depth when you know yes. when you're you know arguably your best linebackers out, next guy up, and you know they don't miss a step. It's beautiful. I think the thing of old Browns teams that always piss us off is you know there'd be um, you know third and eight, they throw a ball across the middle, Antonio Brown catches it. Two guys in our secondary missed a tackle. And how often did our secondary just always miss tackles? And that's how teams run up scoreboards on us. Our leading tackler yesterday wasn't even a starter. It was TJ Carey. He had six tackles. So him. you have your guys in your secondary leading the board in tackles with uh, Ward and Carey. I mean, well, these, these guys aren't are making, tackles downfield either. They're no, running up and making plays. Yeah, they're making plays. I mean, this defense is containing. And the most optimistic and Great thing for me to take away from all this as we look at New York Jets coming up and facing a rookie quarterback is we face arguably a Hall of Famer and Ben Roethlisberger week one, put ourselves in a position to win the game, should have won, ended up tying, and then we come to New Orleans and the Saints come up in the fourth quarter with only three points. 
That's Drew Brees of. had a pedestrian stat line. Like, they weren't bad stats by any means. For Drew the, Brees. But they were not Drew Brees stats. No. We contained another quarterback, put ourselves in a position where, again, I think we should have won. I think we should be 2-0 and with all those other teams we just discussed. But it's just going to show you, we had two back-to-back weeks with Hall of Fame quarterbacks and all the weapons they have on their teams, and our defense looked that darn good. I'm just telling Sam Darnold and New York Jets on national TV on Thursday, and I'm knocking on wood for all my Browns fans, but I'm telling them to watch out because this Browns defense is serious, and I think they are going to feast. I think without question they are top five at this point. You know who does a lot of credit for that, and we're not talking about him? Greg Williams. I think his scheme has been unreal. If you notice, whether it's third and short, third and medium, third and long, he picked the right play to go make a play. I saw Drew Brees get sacked more than I've probably ever seen him get sacked before. And even, like, they brought that corner blitz on with Carey. I I was so pumped when he did that. I, oh. And it's funny you mention that because they were talking out before the game how Drew Brees, you know, he always has the most time to throw the ball, that the offensive line is so good. And the way that we were able to construct and tear up that offensive line and get to the quarterback, it was so beautiful to watch. It was. It was. And, and the thing is, you know if there's a struggling offense that you need your defense to keep you in the game. Those guys had to be gassed as hell, yet they were still coming out there and getting stops on this Saints team who has a potent offense that features Michael Thomas, the guy who has, what, 30 catches mm-hmm. in the first two weeks. Uh, and it's just it's unheard of. Right. Uh, and that right there, I think that is they're the martyrs right now. They are the martyrs of, of this team, and uh, the offense needs to pick them up. And I'm sure we're going to get into offense now. I have plenty to say on that, too. but Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I, I think obviously the quarterback play needs to step up. But I think the defense is the one thing that might keep Hugh Jackson his job if he somehow can take it. I know Browns fans are going to disagree just because they're used to losing. And I know if Matty Ice was here right now, he would disagree with me 100%. But we've been in position to win both of these games versus two really good teams. Believe it or not, Cleveland folk – we're going to get some wins this year. This defense is too good for us not to win. I think this defense could potentially save Hugh Jackson his job. I'm calling at least one shutout game this year. At least one. Wow. Interesting. Hot take. Hot take. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about Greg Williams, what he's doing with this defense. Let's turn the tables to Todd Haley's offense. Todd Haley, love the guy. Love them on hard knocks. I don't know what he's doing, though. I've been so frustrated with some of these play calls. The offense, they did take a step in the right direction this week. I will say that. We had our first lead of the season, and we were winning up until the fourth quarter. But even when we had the lead after they scored, it was 12-10, to 10, and we had that series where it was three and out, and the first play was a reverse oh Callaway for negative eight yards. That was, was the like, worst one of the game, dude, and it cost them. My favorite play of the game was when Tyrod – we were around like the 40 or 50, Tyrod Taylor – snapped the ball, and he had that dump uh, pass, like a five-yard pass to Calway, who came across the middle, and he had a nice 15, 20-yard game. Those are genius plays that reminded me of Todd Haley's offense from Pittsburgh. And for the rest of the game, it just seemed like whenever there was a third down long, third down short, Tyrod Taylor – and I don't know if this is Haley's offense or Tyrod Taylor, but it seemed like Tyrod Taylor always just dumps the ball like three yards in front of the line. There were a couple drops. It's just like – what are you doing? Like, what are we trying to accomplish here? And Haley, it's so frustrating. Haley utilized this in KC as well with Jeremy Macklin a lot. All of these short little routes and runs. So create the ball or, or create uh, space when you catch the ball three yards and, and go. You're going the open field, okay? Right, and those are Which beautiful. Which is what you're supposed to do with Tyrod Taylor. 
you're supposed to run Jarvis Landry on these five-yard drags so he can make a move and get going, like or Callaway, whatever it is. I now like those calls on second down, but when you got the third and longs and you're like three yards short in line, why can't you just run three extra more yards? What really pissed me off in this football game is we successfully threw the ball downfield twice in a row to Jarvis Landry. Then we proceed to go with a messed up screen pass, a draw play, and another shitty screen pass. I think Todd Haley's trying to get a feel for Tyrod Taylor and the Browns offense. I mean, even go back to the first week against Pittsburgh. I thought he took tried to take way too many shots downfield, especially with that monsoon going on. Fast forward back to the Saints game. I thought he got way too conservative, even for his style, the way we've seen him call games in the past. And I'm hoping from going on from week three to forward that he finds the perfect balance of the two styles. So he's just looking for the middle. So, yeah, I say that. So, like, just to, you know, kind of try and calm down. Yeah, you understand that he's going to be a little bit more conservative with Tyrod Taylor. He doesn't know what he's got throwing the ball downfield. Um, he, he's more accustomed to throwing those 10 to 15-yard routes, which is fine because uh, Tyrod, I thought, looked pretty decent yesterday. I don't think he held the ball quite as long, uh, quite as, long as he did before. Um, I thought he made a lot of good plays with his feet. Uh, I had, I think by no means Tyrod lost us that game. I mean, he made a big interception in the fourth quarter, but, I mean, before then, no, nothing was done before. Uh, you, you have to be able to take advantage of those turnovers that the defense is creating. You have to put points on the board. But three more points could have been put on the board by Zane Gonzalez earlier that game. Um, Which you, you we'll had, get into. You had opportunities uh, with, with Carlos Hyde to run, but the, the run game was kind of silent again. Uh, maybe you take a look at Nick Chubb here going forward a little bit. There was a fourth and one play where they ran Duke Johnson up the middle oh instead of Carlos God. Hyde, oh. which made zero sense I was to me. Fuming. Um, I mean, there's there's so much talent that right. is that is on this offense. I think to your point, Breezy, that Haley is just trying to find that happy medium well, with what he has and the toys he can well, play. Actually, with. going back to that Duke Johnson, I really think Tyrod audibled into that. I don't know what the play was before. But he made a he checked the play at the line of scrimmage and called the run right. I you could tell by his audible. Maybe he saw a jailbreak yeah. coming. Who knows? I mean, I think I think it's the play calling is a little bit suspect. I will give him the benefit of the doubt. It was week two. Josh Gordon was a late scratch, right? So they had to make the best of planning for the team short notice without him. Um, so I do think there's some variables. So play calling aside, Todd Haley aside, there was quarterback play that was you know that happened. I think some of the decisions that Tyrod dumped off on those third downs, um, I think some of those were his choices. Maybe he could have made the right throw, and that's some of the things we've called him out on this podcast before of just not being an aggressive passer, kind of the Alex Smith type. Um, so I, I, the thing is, everyone's like, he did the right thing. He made that Hail Mary play, and, you know, he had a good day. That was all Callaway. That Hail Mary pass, he makes that three out of ten times. Three? That's a one out of Probably, ten, but I also Okay, think- maybe less. But I'm saying, so you take away – it's not even a 50-50 ball. It's a 30-70 ball. You take that out of the game. If he doesn't save his ass with that lucky-ass throw – Under 100 yards or something. I, I mean, think, no, I think he has a shitty too. game. I'll give credit I think he has a shitty too. game. If you take away that from no, that's tr- a, a that's lucky true. play – We all agreed it was lucky. You said it was less than 30% no, it was, it was, success rate. It was lucky, but that was if still a If you take it away throw, from dude. him, I think he has a shitty game. I think you call it a shitty game, a shitty quarterback. Well, I mean, if you think about it, he had the time. You look at it, the, the Saints, they were, that's the play they were giving up. They're like, we're not going to give you an – I'm not taking anything away. Thank I'm you. saying well, that was the only throw – That has to do with Not taking anything away. I'm saying he executed it. He made the right throw. But I'm saying 
he's not going to make that throw every single time. It saved his ass. That play saved his ass. No, that play he didn't needs... save his ass. Callaway saved his ass. Did you see how he turned on the okay. Jets from the 20 yard line in? Callaway was part of the play. Oh. The play saved his ass. All I'm saying is he needs to step up. He of needs to he play needs better. To step up. And I think that's where, where people are, are getting confused here on social media that talk about, oh, it's Baker time, it's Baker time, it's Baker time. No, it's not Baker time. You can still support Tyrod Taylor and say he's this this team's quarterback and know that he has flaws. He has flaws, and he's also you got to remember what people don't understand about pro sports is you can't fucking play it like it's a video game and plug and play people. You have to actually learn who's around. You have to learn playbooks. You have to learn your personnel. You have to learn drinking these Ed, teams. Man. So Get him with some knowledge, drinking. You can't just go in there and, and say, okay, this dude's going to throw 250 yards and three touchdowns right off the bat. No, you can't do that. And that's not Tyrod's, Tyrod's you know, style. But you know what? Give the guy more than two freaking weeks. I'll give him more than two weeks. Give him at least five. I don't. But think. I'm telling you, if he doesn't play how I expect him to play versus the Jets, I've been circling week four, 10 days for the team to get acclimated. I know it's a short sample size, but I'll start my quarterback debate with you after this Thursday night if it's necessary. Just how, telling you. How about this? How about this? If the rushing game gets going, let's see if Tyrod yeah, improves. No, how about that? It all starts Fair. with the run game. Let's talk about the run game. It, it hasn't been established yet. I think, again, it, I think it goes back to Todd Haley's play calling, and I think it comes back to being able to be a threat down the field if they know you're going to try to run the ball. Carlos Hyde just—he's been getting the touches, but he hasn't been getting the yards. He looked great in the preseason. Uh, this year, it looks like he's just getting stuffed in the backfield. And, and some of that has I, to do with the line. The yeah. line still—I mean, again, last week, last minute, you plugged in a new left tackle and moved Joel back to his normal position. They're still gelling. I want to see Nick Chubb in there more. Just saying. Yeah, why not? It's a change of pace. I don't he had know. two I, rushes for 14 yards. I think it was a seven and an eight yarder. I just—I don't think the run Which equals 15, not 14. <laughs> I don't think the run game was actually as bad as people think. I think we were able to move the ball a little bit here and there, stay on schedule, put Tarad in some manageable third and medium, third and short situations. Like our goal wasn't to run the ball to bust out 20, 30-yard runs. We were trying to keep the clock ticking and keep the ball out of Drew Brees' hands. The game plan was fantastic, and I did agree with that. And I, and I tweeted that too. I was like, I don't know. I, I don't like it. I don't hate it, but I understand it. You're not going to win a shootout with Drew Brees in the Superdome. You're not. You're not going to win that way. You're going to want to grind it out. You're going to want to control the time of possession. You're going to want to have the ball the most of the game. You want to win it ugly if you're going to beat the right. Saints. So if that was the game plan, then sure. I, which I think it was because, obviously, when the defense plays that well, I think Tyrod settled in for safe quarterback play. We have the lead. The defense is playing well. But that's not a winning mentality. That's not sustainable. You well, need to have the mentality of defense is playing good. Let's put ourselves in a position where we make it's them, not going to come down to the wire. Where we're right. going to put but ourselves the in the driver's time. seat. Same time, the defense is playing good. Let's not give them a short field and force a throw and throw an interception where they can set up their touchdown to take the lead. Which right. they did. Which My they did. point. So that's yeah. why they're going to hand off the ball, make these safe throws. Let's flip the field. Let's. I, I like our chances where our defense is playing. Let's let them march 80 yards and try to score instead of letting them march 40 yards. But it's not sustainable if you're just going to do a three and out and punt the fucking ball. But how many three and outs do we have? Not very many. Well, there was a turnover. 
I'm just saying, man, you got to be able to capitalize and score the ball. Field goals aren't going to no, do it. No, I agree. I agree. Field goals aren't going to cut it. You know and what? when you're not making field goals, it's also not going to cut it. Can Can I just add, by the way, um, I know a lot of people were mad at Tyrod for that interception, but that safety, I didn't even see him come out of the, the, the woodwork. Yeah, but he drinking, came out quick. drinking, you're not a... You're not a veteran NFL quarterback, though. You got to be able true. to pick that up. That that was an ugly throw. That was just bad. And that was just, you know, he did awesome evading the, the rush, setting his feet. But if you watch that whole play, his eyes were just locked on the receiver the whole entire time. Shit, I could have went out there and picked you off gotta that You got to go football. through the progressions a little better than that. Yeah. Okay. I think, I mean, I think we all kind of hit home on it. I mean, it wasn't the most beautiful thing. But at the end of the day, the thing to take away from both these games is we've been in a position to win and – Heavily on the defense, major reason of it. And then offense took the step in the right direction this week. Tyrod didn't make the Hail Mary. They're getting better. I think this week we're going to be in a good position. What are you thinking, Drinking? I, I think that we are going to be in a good position because this Jets team, we don't know what they are yet. Um, they blew out the Lions on Monday Night Football for sure. Uh, they just look really bad, by the way. Oh, they looked horrible. Um, and then uh, they just recently lost their – a home opener to the Dolphins, and I watched that game as well. You know how uh, I very think about the Dolphins. Um, and that was their home opener, so they, they, they're kind of coming in, like, pissed off, wanting to win about that game. Right. Uh, I think the key here is, um, you know, you, you got to establish that run game. I think you got to play Duke Johnson more, man. I yeah, do. I you, you, he. I think he, he had, what, six touches? I, I think it also comes week? down to how the games are playing yeah, out, though. I, I think it's a, sure, week to week, it's a week-to-week week thing. We won the bruises in this week. For sure, but if Tyrod's going to check down – Duke Johnson's the perfect guy to check down to. Don't check down to Carlos Hyde. And real fast, before we completely shut the door on last week, I think we're all taking away good. I think we're all pretty optimistic going into we Thursday, can't, right? I think we all think we have a really good chance of winning. We're right? two kicks yeah. away from being two and zero. We can't that's, forget that's the where third, I want to finish. There's three parts to a football game. There's your offense, your defense, and your special teams. Right. And right now, we are totally missing the ball, dropping the ball on our special teams. Yeah. yeah. As much as we're poo-pooing on the offense. If our kicker makes these kicks, guys, we're two and zero. We're we're probably two and zero. So with all that being said, the negativity from special teams, you get that fixed, which hopefully Greg the Leg Joseph um, comes in here and can sharpen that area of our team up. Taking away the the good things that we touched on in week one, week two, going into this Thursday versus the Jets, national television, uh, the last home game on Thursday night I remember was when Buffalo was in town and I just remember that crowd was so dang crazy and that team that shitty team that beat Buffalo on that Thursday night they were feeding off of that that crowd and I know all of us are going to be there drinking I know your uh game time decision will probably get you in the game but guys Sam Darnold better be scared for this defense and you know what Tyrod he has a chip on his shoulder everyone's talking about him he knows he has to do better they're going to play better this Thursday. Oh, for sure. But I think we should not discount this Jets defense. They have the second most takeaways in the NFL to the Browns. So we got to look out for that as well. But I am with you. I think they are going to win. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot more entertaining of a game than people think. They're going to see Browns, Jets, Thursday Night Football go, uh, but then they're, they're going to be in for a good surprise here. I think I think it's going to be a fun defensive game. I think there's going to be a lot of plays. A lot of like turn- a 17-13 type of I just think the defense is going to be so fun on both sides. I think there's going to be some interceptions, some sacks, some hard hits. It's going to be some fun football to watch. I think we're going to properly welcome Darnold into the NFL and show him why we took Baker Mayfield at the first overall pick. I think we're going to to have some film on him. Coach is going to evaluate it. They're going to see his tendencies, and they're going to figure out what ways to get to him 
and how to trick them and throw some weird coverages out there. As much as I want to say that we're going to blow them out and destroy them, we haven't. We've won one game over the last no. two seasons. So before I make my prediction of the Browns win twenty four to ten, which I would love to say just looking at the game on paper, our first win that we're going to get, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to grind it out. So my prediction for this game is going to be the Cleveland Browns twenty one to eighteen, same score as this past week, just flip flopped. Uh, I'm going to stick with what I just said. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say 17 to 13. Uh, I think I think that same ballpark of kind of some, what I'm shooting at. Somebody's going to get a defensive touchdown. Um, whether either either side. I think Don't know who I it's think gonna be. I think Darnold's going to have a hard time uh, getting in the end zone. So I, I said 18. I wouldn't be surprised if seven of those points came from the defense. And uh, I think that mm. the secondary is going to have to ste- step up pretty well, um, especially with Robbie Anderson, who's always a downfield threat. They have a noon one back. Uh, real good guy there, and then uh, don't forget Isaiah Crowell returned to the yeah. to the dog pound. I'm not, I'm not concerned about their weapons as much though because we've played Antonio Brown, Juju, and James Conner, who very true. beautiful. Let's very be honest, true. we played Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn, Alvin Kamara. You know all those guys over there. I mean, it we, is a definitely we've a had the web. The, I mean, yes. it's not like the secondary isn't going to be prepared. So let's no. Let's be honest. If the Jets want to come into our house and beat us, they're going to have to establish that run game early and often. Agreed. They're going to have to pound the rock, and Crow's going to have to have a career game in Cleveland, which he rarely had for us because Hugh Jackson, for some reason, did not want to give him the football. Yeah, and he might have a chip on his shoulder though. That's the only thing I'm a little bit concerned about. And when I'm saying about that with 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 Robbie and Anunua and Crowell. It's not overlooking them. It's it's not saying, oh, we did play Antonio Brown. Oh, we did play Michael Thomas. These guys are going to be a breeze. We, we can't have that mentality. No, I, I don't think they do either. They're professionals. Breezy, what's your prediction? I think the Browns are going to win 24-13. to 13. Oh, so you are going for that little bit of a blowout kind of. Uh, it's, it's not going to be a blowout, think though. Be a I think we're going to get a late field goal with a new kicker to kind of seal the deal. Okay, fair enough. Um. So last week we had three of our participants go with the Saints. Breezy, you were the lone Browns taker this week. We're all going Browns. So I think I think this is the week. I think this is the most important game of the schedule going against a sh- – I don't want to call them a crappy team, but they got a rookie quarterback. They're not really a good team. and it- An unknown. We have one win in two years. This is the game you need to win. It's on national TV. And listen, guys – is as sad and awful as it has been to swallow these last two weeks. If you win on Thursday, you're right back in it. Because guess hey, why? Open those Bud Light you're, fridges, baby. Open them up because you're going to be one, one, and one. And guess what? You're going to be right up there, right behind the Bengals. Yep. And I think another good point here is that it's not a Sunday. It's a Thursday. It's off. It's a little That's weird. True. It's a little weird. Yeah. Both teams are going on short rest. You don't know how they're going to react. I got a good feeling myself. And I, I think the Browns are hungry, man. They are so hungry. I, I love these players. I love their tweets. I love following them. This team's ready, man. They're ready to fucking break down the doors. Leadership, swagger, charisma. And I think once it. they get the taste of it, once they get the taste of it, they're they're not going to turn around. They're contagious. not going to turn around. It's fucking contagious, Contagious. Bruh. It, it, the beautiful thing is, too, you win on Thursday. You're one 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 and you're going – you have 10 days off to battle off John Gruden, who just looks like a joke right now in Oakland. 
Boys, we could be two one and one going into week hey, five. Hey, we're we're just worried about getting a one. I'm getting ahead, baby. Don't get ahead of yourself. I'm just kidding. Knocking on wood, Browns fans. But I'm just saying these. It's possible. It is. Let's just be happy. We're going into we're going into a winnable situation on Thursday. We're all excited. It's national spotlight for us. All right. And next week at this time, Sam Darnold's going to have his own segment of what grinds his gears, and it's going to be the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 getting pounded by the Browns. But it's that time of the show for our weekly segment of what grinds your gears. First, just want to thank Drinking End for stepping in for Matty Ice, a.k.a. the stat guy. Had to pinch hit like Michael Martinez in the 2016 World Series. Too soon. Yeah, too soon. Drinking Ed, you did a great job today. I mean, we really appreciate it. I know you're going to be on the show a lot. For all the listeners listening, uh, Drinking Ed's actually the producer of the show as well, so we're going to get him out as much as we can, but we do appreciate it. I think you had one of the best. I mean, granted, it was the first one, but Grinding My Gear segments last week was on point. So let's start with you. Do you got something for us? Yeah, I do. Uh, and this is, again, this is a general take, but this is, this happens to me probably at least once a month. Uh, when you go out with your friends and, you know, you're having a good time, you're taking shots, you're having a few beers, you know, whatever, what have you. You're in the Drinking club. Drinking loves to drink. You know. A few pops. Yeah, a few pops, a few, few beverages. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so so while you're drinking and stuff like that, uh, obviously you built up a Wait, wait time out. Right? And stuff like that, what do you mean? Whatever, whatever. Uh-oh, drinking oh, likes the jewel pods. at us. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, but you go out, and your tolerance might be higher than, say, somebody you're with. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe, you know, it's a girl you're with. Whatever it is. Um, and they seem to be taking the alcohol a little bit less in stride than you are. So you see them bobbing their head. You see them. Bobbing Swaying and weaving. a little bit. Bobbing and weaving. Eventually, you'll see their skin start to get a little pale. You're, you see them start to sweat, and you're like, oh, no. Something bad's coming. And you're looking at them, and you're trying to talk to them. And you're, you all right? You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Right, okay, okay. Eventually, they pass out at the bar, either face down or, right, you know, whatever, right in their arms, whatever it is. Or if they're not passed out, they're very close to. All right, drinking. I, I'm not sure I'm following. What, what are you saying here, buddy? I don't like to babysit people. Oh, okay. Because their drunk takes down my drunk, a.k.a. Hey, don't fuck with drinking's drunk, man. They sober me up because they're so drunk. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've all been in those shoes, and maybe it's not even them just passing out in the bar. Maybe they're feeling themselves. You know, they're with going up to different people, talking to people. I know we've all been in situations where we just kind of been sober, mind our own business, and there's always that drunk dude. Me and Breezy actually had this experience on Friday at the bar. This dude just kept talking to us during the OSU game. I'm like, bro, I don't even know you. Just dude, leave us alone. Shut the fuck up. But I also can't really like Front. hate on these people too much. Because I've, you're one of them? No, 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 no. <laughs> I've, been, I've been in the past. Like, We've all been in that shoe, but... I like to think those were my my younger days, but yeah, that that's honestly the worst. When you're just like trying to like go out or be at a, a functional like segment, or like it's way earlier in the night, and you're just like, gosh, it's only like eleven. And kind of a sub topic off of that, likes to fight guy, hate that guy, always hate that guy. Somebody who wants to start drama for no reason. That guy. Don't always be, don't be that guy. guy. Just please don't be that guy. And, and I'm the happiest drunk there possibly is. So I you I really hate are it. drinking. You really are. I hate it. So. 
that's what grind my gears. Just a little quick segment for you. Okay. I got one of my own. So first want to shout out the parents, you know. Shout uh, out, shout out. Both saints, nicest people in the world, love them to death. Um, and I think this is also a generational thing. It's just not my parents. I see it with, you know, when I go out with some of my friends and their families. Like, I've been at this table too many times, though. And it's when you go out to eat. And I've actually saw a friend tweet about this once. And I'm like, you know what? That is literally my life, my parents. Like, me and my siblings make a joke. Like, we can make a TV show just on us going out to eat because this is always what happens. So we go to a restaurant, whatever it may be, a nice restaurant. Maybe it's just your your chilies or something. I don't know. Whatever you're in the mood for, right? And, you know, we're all having a good time, laughing, joking. We order, you know. It's always got to be well done for my mom, whatever she's ordering, which is just awful, right? That's just burnt food, whatever. So the, the food comes, and either the food took too long or the food comes back, and it wasn't well done. You know, mom cuts open her burger, and she sees that there's a little bit red in there, and, you know, she asks everybody at the table, is this bleeding to you? And it's just like, gosh, don't do it. Don't do it. Sure enough, the server comes over. She sends it back. Send it. I'm like, I hope you enjoy spit on your food because that's what you're getting. And they just don't get it. And it's just one of those things like – and that's just one like example. Like maybe it's the food took too long or – Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you asked for extra onions. <laughs> A little Ricky Bobby there. But, no, it's just like it, there's always something going on. And it's just like, you know, do they ask if, you know – are you really gonna put this on our tab? We didn't. We didn't get the appetizer or this or that. And it's just so embarrassing being at that table. And I think it's one of those things. Like if I go out with my friends, like granted we've all got the wrong meal sent to us before, but you know what? I just shut my mouth and I eat it. Okay, everybody's human. <laughs> People make mistakes. Like it's just. I think that's the difference between our generation and like our it's, parents' it's generation. It's gotta be like the worst it's prepared like, meal of all time for yeah, me to Sunday. Exactly. Bang. There's gotta be something yeah. crawling in my food right. for me to. Or Sunday I just have right to be bang. in the worst mood ever, and just like that might put me over the top. Right. But I'm keeping my mouth shut. But I just think it's one of the things that I've experienced. And I want to talk about it. It grinds my gears when people just bitch and moan every single time about their uh, meals. about something like that. Absolutely. Uh, and honestly, my parents do. This, or my, well, my mother does it. Does that? You know, like um, excuse me, I asked for like extra mayo. Or like something stupid like that, like and 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 can't you just be like, oh hey sorry, you know like do it a, a little nicer, right? You know a little bit more polite, a little bit more in a social way. I'm like you. I could order chicken fingers, and if I get two hot dogs, I'll eat them. I don't freaking yeah, care. Exactly. I don't. I don't care. I don't. I'm not going to inconvenience someone who's probably already having a shitty day by working in the service industry, right. To do that, so it's not worth it to me. Um, I mean, I'll ask for you know sides and stuff mm-hmm. like that like you know like condiments whatever the hell but no not and, an and entire the worst, meal the worst one is like if we're getting drinks right so the drinks come before the meal and you get a drink and like someone drinks something like oh that doesn't taste right and then they like that's when it starts and it's hey, like do you taste meal, this for like, me does this taste right yeah, to you yeah and everyone at the table just tastes the drink we're all just like gosh like this is bad and then the waiter comes back and like they order well i don't want this what else do you have and like it, it just like it just <laughs> it's a domino yeah, effect it really is it goes back from there we're like Shit, we're all getting food. Abort. We're getting Abort. spit in all of Abort our food. Mission. Breezy. You know what really grinds my gears, gentlemen? What's that, Breezy? Kind of, you kind of inspired me for this one. I love to inspire. It's when you know you're feeling pretty hungry. You're rolling down the street and you see the Wendy's off to your left. You pull in there, you're like, oh god, I'm craving a four for four. So, four for four. Yeah, you're sitting through the drive-through. And, of course, you call your family. I got two younger brothers that love to eat Wendy's. Of course. And unfortunate for my youngest brother, 
he's actually lactose intolerant. So, so what really grinds my gears is when I'm going through that drive through and I'm ordering my food and I specifically say four times, yeah, can I get this junior bacon cheeseburger, but can I make that a junior bacon hamburger with no cheese? Nothing. Just give me the yeah. patty, the it bacon, like and the bun. you got that routine down pretty well. Like, you know. Like, Every yeah, single you time. You just roll it all. Yeah. And no you have, botches you have whatsoever. Have on it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where I go. Which fast food joint? I'm not going to take shots at any specifically. Only Wendy's. I know I said Wendy's because hey, we like the four for four. It's pretty convenient. Oh, four, four. It's pretty easy to order. We all go in there. And of course, like if I order for my dad, he's got to order the works on his burger. So I think that's the issue. Maybe I got to tell my dad to screw off and just eat it how it comes. But by the time you pay for your food, you go up there, you wait for five minutes and you get it. First thing you have to do is check that damn bag. And I don't even know why I check anymore. I should automatically just assume. Open it up and all the burgers have cheese on it. And my brother, I swear, every single time, he, he just gets so sad after. Oh, and it's just like, it really grinds my gears because you're messing it. with the yeah, fam. Yeah, that's when it's the fam, dude. You hate when, to see when it. When shit hits the fan. And folks, with Breezy's little brother, always getting the cheese on his burgers. Don't call him a cheeseburger. Don't call it a cheeseburger. That's why it's always cloudy and clean. Goal.